Hello and welcome back. I'm your host, Clara Mawad, and as a content specialist for BCC Research, I'm excited to bring you along as we talk to the companies and individuals who are changing the way that we'll live and work in the future. Now, chronic illness is on the rise, and there's one in particular that's growing at a concerning rate. According to the International Diabetes Federation, the number of adults living with diabetes is set to rise to 700 million by 2045, with type 2 diabetes increasing proportionally in most countries. Along with this development comes the need to tackle this issue in a new and more accessible manner. BCC Research has tracked that the global market for medication adherence, both hardware and software-based applications, is an industry that was worth $3.1 billion in 2019. And if you think that's a big number, the market is set to grow at a compound annual growth rate of 11.4%, estimated to reach $6 billion by 2025. All right, enough with the numbers. Spearheading innovation in this market is Expert, a company designing a digital solution to help improve the lives of those living with chronic illness, especially type 2 diabetes, and to make the solution as accessible to as many people as possible. Joining us to dive into what this looks like, both for current users and for the future of the industry, is founder and CEO Sebastian Zuika. Sebastian, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Clara. So I'm really excited to dive into this, and I am so curious about what the inspiration behind Expert was. So could you start us off by telling us a bit about yourself and then what led you to founding Expert? Very happy to do so. Um, so yeah, thanks for having me. Very interested to having this conversation. Um, so yeah, like how, how this uh, all started, I have like a background. Uh, I started basically right off university, uh, going to Berlin and like founding uh, basically started my my founding career of sorts and I like did uh, different uh, different companies in different areas uh, amongst which uh, in uh, started with gaming and then did something in e-commerce and then uh, basically everything was always revolving around data and the last venture that we had was about uh, lots of data in advertising technology which was extremely powerful in the sense that it showed me how uh, powerful technology and data can be and what like how infinite the possibilities are uh, of the of the of the solutions that you can create um, and at the same time I felt that advertising is not not the area where I see myself in the next like 10 20 years uh, working for it uh, working in it and and at the same time I realized to uh, friends uh, like close family members how difficult uh, chronic disease management and disease management in general is and how uh, how much is lagging behind in the in the sense of the technological innovation of digital technological innovation and basically taking uh, those things things aside uh, the, all those things together after like selling the last company uh, basically I knew immediately what I want to do uh, like right that moment I knew okay like I'm going to continue in the digital health and uh, yeah that was the very beginning of expert I love it because there are so many nuggets there that kind of present the the story right you were in video gaming and then e-commerce so your background is pretty pretty strong when it comes to the digital to the digital world uh, advertising being another piece of that and then just kind of launching right into healthcare now you just mentioned that chronic illness management is kind of lagging behind so let's start there what does the current chronic illness management landscape look like right now what are the main issues with it so basically right now it's uh, if you have to summarize it i would say uh, the biggest problem um, and status it is very very cumbersome for the user so it's uh, very difficult uh, for the user in this case the patient all right to receive basically like a care 
that is individualized and like personalized. So this means that there's lots of stakeholders involved. A person gets diagnosed, um, like to to look at the journey from from the very beginning. Uh, they get assigned uh, like a di di diabetes um, expert. They have like their uh, the normal, the, the sort of normal practitioner, then they have the diabetes expert, then they have the sort of healthcare practitioner that's not the doctor. They get sent around this journey and get like uh, different information for different hands. And then they also get equipment in the form of uh, measuring devices or oral medication. And then in essence, I would I, I'm simplifying the case a bit, but in essence, they're getting leaflets and booklets. Right, and they say, okay, this is something that you will do for the rest of your life now. And here's the booklet, and uh, let's go. And then basically, they see the healthcare practitioner, or and you have touch points uh, with the system every three to six months, right? And um, this is an issue because it's a, it's an issue because basically it's not working. It's very difficult um, to make that. Uh, therapy appealing if it's 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 something that we i think at the beginning used to say a lot that people need to make up to 100 decisions a day that they need support with but they like see the expert uh, for this like every every three months so basically you don't get uh, the information immediately you get the don't get the information um basically when you need it uh, but best case scenario you write down all the problems that you have and then you write them uh, like you discuss them uh, with the doctor, uh, like in, in, in one of the slots uh, in the 20 minutes that you get. Um, and then you discuss things in like in hindsight. So it's not a very practical learning, I'd say. So I think that um, there's lots of, that where we saw lots of space of improvement to making those gaps smaller and basically in, in, a, in, in essence to make it uh, easier for the user uh, and the patient. Yeah, and you guys really stepped up to that. So that brings us to Expert. And what is your mission? And then how does it address some of these gaping issues? Yeah, so in the, in, I mean, uh, on our mission board of sorts is uh, say that we want want to improve uh, life, lives and healthcare with digital services and like with uh, with data. So uh, what that means is that we looked at it from um, from a data point of view, right? So we designed like an app. Uh, that is technology first. So we basically want to have um, have as much as possible aut uh, like automized, uh, and we want to have like the best digital first service for uh, for the user in order to guarantee that the therapy is running as good as possible. So uh, what that means is that, for example, we try to reduce the input data that the user has to do. So like all the logging uh, that's supposed to be manual, we for example started looking which part of this could be done uh, automatically. Right, so you have like some things that are very difficult to enter, but there's things that are very easy, like uh, uh, how much exercise did you have, how was your sleeping pattern, do you have like excessive stress, uh, like the things like this. Uh, we started working with it and started looking. Okay, how can we maybe fill this out for the patient? How can we uh, like what can we build in order for the person just maybe to confirm this data set instead of re redoing this logging. So that's where we started because we know that logging is extremely uh, difficult. I don't know if you use like a food uh, logging or like an exercise logging or any kind of logging service. Um, I tried and it was extremely difficult for me. I consider myself very disciplined, but it's like I would forget so many events um, that like I was I was uh, I was amazed. So um, this is this is a big problem because in diabetes therapy, if you don't. Uh, the same thing applies as always, right? Like a uh, crap in, crap out. 
So if you don't have any data input or you have very incomplete data, the conclusions drawn from it will also be compromised. So this means that we looked uh, at, at this site, like what kind of, kind of uh, personal, uh, like per, per, per personalized uh, data could we um, input and make lives of patients easier. And then basically we, uh, we continued from uh, that angle. So we looked at it, okay, what else does a person need to do? Sync devices. Uh, which is very difficult, right? So, like, uh, sync. Lots of uh, lots of users have problems with syncing it from different blood glucose measurement devices, or from insulin pumps, or from other food trackers, or like from things like that. So, we looked at it as well. Like, how can we make it simpler? How can we get it in one place? How can we make it in a way that the user doesn't have to work uh, so much for the solution? And then I think the third pillar of sorts that we uh, I think do differently than others is that we. Um, we are a bit between a full coaching service and a standardized uh, playbook. So what I mean by that is that you can like have a lot of solutions that basically say, okay, here is what you should do in general. Uh, and then there's solutions that basically connect you to a, to a coach, right? That the coach very, very, very individual does um, and they tell you what, what to do. And we are sort of in the middle. So we're trying to do this coaching element in a fully digital uh, digital way. So we automatically try to look for patterns of the data you you, you put in, and we try to look at like the the, the measurements, and we basically trying to make this uh, digital uh, digital coach where we basically automatically in an auto, very automatic fashion uh, from the technology try to improve uh, improve the therapy, and we do that by on the one side giving information or like uh, like helping with certain problems or when we see again just from the data that there's a specific area of therapy that the person has problems with uh, then we for example would uh, would uh, would send information around that event so basically in a nutshell trying to personalize this as much as possible yeah and provide that kind of aid and support all, every step of the way while covering all of your bases exactly. so Streamlining a very complex system. Now, yes. one of the ways that you... <laughs> that's, yeah, it's, it, that's not a, a, a small undertaking. Um, and one of the ways that you guys are really doing this is through the utilization of AI and machine learning. So let's, let's start with a little bit more general. Can you walk us through experts' um, AI-powered three-step process? I know you guys have a three-step process to, to your technology. Yes, uh, I think in a sense uh, that's uh, that's true. So basically, um, on the one hand side, I think uh, I try to sketch it is we try to uh, passively capture as much data as possible for the convenience of the user. So what that means is that um, instead of logging activities, so there's lots of um, applications that makes you log activity, uh, we are doing this automatically. So we basically automatically uh, we capture the data that's running through the phone. And then we try and translate the signals. So we train the system to automatically uh, capture oh, the data running through the phone indicates this is running. The data running through the phone indicates uh, leaving the house. The data in running through the phone indicates uh, you are at an airport right now and like you uh, had to run for 10 minutes, right? So we're trying to, I think this is this is uh, one of the pillars uh, which, which we uh, create this, uh, this, this base uh, of information so and there's like a lot of uh, ai in it uh, in the sense that we need to have to train the models uh, to recognize this automatically 
and this is uh, it's always displayed as like a bit of data in the phones but basically it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's an exercise where we'd have to basically passively capture uh, let's say somebody biking right and somebody biking um it's difficult because I might bike different uh, than you, in a, like cycle a different way than you. Uh, on different days, I might cycle differently than, uh, than than myself. So we applied like a lot of uh, a lot of uh, machine learning here, uh, a lot of data capturing, and a lot of documentation in order to get um, get that straight. Then there is basically data cap, uh, capturing around the the medical values. So basically, we for example had like a have a have a feature set in which we try to automatically uh, categorize um, if you if your blood sugar goes too high or too low. So we're looking at the at the basically at the uh, blood sugar levels um, in context of activity and try to automatically classify. Oh, this might be a hypoxemic event uh, based on overdosage of insulin. This might be one based on exercise, and this is something that uh, a person could uh, flag. Right, so if you that's something in essence that like a doctor would would uh, try to would try to figure out as well, um, and we basically are training training the system to do it automatically. So that's uh, something that we uh, that we uh, started. We have great progress on it, uh, but the idea is that we basically pre-analyze the data and like basically then hand over to the doctor that then has a look at it and then can draw uh, smarter conclusions with it. And then I would say that the third. Uh, pillar is what I meant by the personalized um, personalized uh, like care uh, like the, by the nudges. So we would, for example, uh, instead of sending you a notification saying, "Hey, uh, please measure your blood sugar," uh, like in a very generic way, like everybody that uh, that has uh, knows diabetes therapy is familiar with, we would, for example, say, "Hey, you just uh, left the house and you walked for uh, 60 minutes. Um, this is an area where you usually have uh, have uh, problems." Um, or we don't know how this affects the blood sugar. If you measure now, we will find out, right? We will we'll be able to lock this. So this again uh, requires a lot of uh, lot of uh, computing in the background uh, that you are managed, uh, able a to pick up the pattern and then b keep training the person on it. So I think that that's uh, that's the last approach and probably the most most difficult where you can basically create based on the person's data create this sort of uh, feedback uh, and care loop that in the end, and that's a big challenge, is engaging, uh, interesting, uh, and insightful to the person that's using it. It's super proactive. I mean, that is that is great, especially for something when, you know, there's a lot of unknown variables if you don't have that data accessible, if you don't know how a walk impacts, you know, your impacts you. Being able to actually have that information available yes. over time is probably so comforting for users. Um, now, one thing you mentioned, I want to go back to this a bit. You mentioned that one one of the issues that I think a lot of people have been dealing with currently is the integration of different information from different apps or different, you know, you have your in, insulin pump, you've got your blood glucose monitors, um, kind of combining all of that and making that seamless. So can you talk to us about Experts SDK? What is it and then how it enables the seamless integration that you talk of? Yes. So I think that there's uh, so, something... Um... We need to see it like it's two different building blocks. So on the one hand side, we uh, we and I, I would need to start at the end uh, of sorts. So basically, what we how we st- when we started the business, uh, we saw us uh, we saw expert as a pure B two B play. So we saw it in the way like, hey, why don't we integrate this uh, intelligence 
into uh, into solutions like uh, smart insulin pads or into insulin pumps or into blood glucose management systems. So we are basically able to everything that like I described that the product can do, uh, we are able to integrate it in any software um, that's basically available. So you can integrate it into, I don't know, like into Spotify, right? Like there would be no use case for it, but we could integrate the software into, into Spotify, um, just to name an example, or to, to, into Skype. But uh, basically, uh, we started with that uh, and to work with, uh, with big pharma companies or medical device companies, because we thought like this would be uh, the quickest way to reach a big audience and to like basically help as many people as possible. Um, what we then found out though, uh, and that was the SDK part that we can say, hey, you can have all of this in your solution. What we then found out is that it, it like is a quicker way of us to work and like to partner and to extend reach is to basically build our own solution um, and that own solution that we can have full control over. And then what we do with partners is enter into, into licensing agreements or sponsorship agreements. So um, I really think those are those are the two parts. And the expert SDK uh, per se uh, describes the process that we integrated into a medical device. We've done it in lots of stages of R&D um, where we showed that we can uh, basically integrate it in, into other medical devices. And then the medical device would, uh, would, would steer out this uh, sort of decision engine. Got it. Got it. Very cool. And okay, so there's another piece to this whole puzzle that I want to talk about. Um, because on one hand, what you guys have is this digital platform. So it's easily accessible. It's on people's phones. They have all of the information at their fingertips. They can input information very quickly. Uh, and all of that is, I mean, that's the way it needs to be right now, right? Especially yes. given COVID and when things shut down and you couldn't go see a doctor necessarily, or it got a lot harder. And we'll touch upon that in a second. But with the switch to a digital platform comes the question of privacy because that's a yes. lot of personal information so yes, yes, yes. how how do you leverage technology to not only have this as a digital platform but to do one to have it secure and to ensure privacy for your users yes so that's a question we get uh, a lot uh, and i think it's a it's, it's a good thing so uh, basically from different regulatory standpoints it's it's quite clear what has to be done so for example we have our um, the software that we have is a medical device so that brings uh, lots of regulation with it so um, I mean we have uh, have an own compliance team uh, in the company at that point it used to be uh, me and my co-founder but now at that point it grew above uh, our heads to just like operational deal with it so I think there's like different blocks so on one side the software is a medical device and to be a medical device, uh, basically, that means you have to have a quality, um, you have to uh, comply to a lot of uh, security uh, settings and you need to prove it. Uh, part one, one part is also that you have to apply a quality management system. It's lots of parts that like basically how, how you build code, how you make sure uh, there's, no, there's no issues around it. Then uh, on top of it, basically, to, uh, so you have a medical device, uh, you have the QMS. Um, you also have, or like we also have in, in this case, we also have a company that is uh, ISO certified for ISMS, so for internal security management systems. So this means, I'm just coming from a training right now. So this means that the company uh, needs to have a license to basically um, end like a living operated procedure that is also audited of how are we dealing with uh, sensitive information. 
So this means that like according to this one uh, ISO that we have, uh, like for around two years, we have internal audits, we have external audits. So it's a, you have to imagine it's, it's not something that like you want, you make, once you make sure things are encrypted, but it's something that like you live and breathe in the organization, that you have people that are always looking at it, reviewing at it, um, checking if software uh, works, uh, checking if, if, if a new procedure that you do uh, of changing code is fine. So this is really something that, that you have to um, yeah like implement in the company it's uh, also similar with uh, gdpr so we are uh, if we're working uh, with europe so you have to be gdpr compliant so this is something we had to design from the from a very very early days i think there was something that the advertising background helped us understanding what there is and like why those uh, regulations are in place so uh, i guess all this to say that um, that is, it's 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 difficult to deal with it operationally, but like, thankfully, it's very clear uh, what you need to do. So there is is a clear procedure of security that you have to do, and I can uh, credibly say that we uh, enforce like enforce it because that gets audited and that grants us the uh, medical device certification and the um, ISO certification that we basically need to operate. Right. And it's it's a, a point I like to touch upon only because I think sometimes people forget that there is this whole compliance side to things. And, you know, taking that very seriously is what enables what seems to be a, yeah. a very user friendly and easy platform to use. It's because yeah. all of this complicated work gets done in the background. So um, that's I mean, and, and then having to make it compliant for Europe and then I'm assuming it's, you know, accessible just about everywhere. Yeah. So kind of having yes, to yes. manage manage all of that. Uh, I so think that great job. So just just one thing to add. I think that like uh, what what was interesting is that for example with the um, uh, GDPR directives, uh, one of the big elements is uh, the use of data, right? The intent of the use of the data, and that's something that we uh, turned into a strength quite quickly because um, I mean like a sort of common practice from the past uh, in the in the in, across industries was let's get all the data. Uh, and then see what happens, right? Like, let's see when we will use it and like what we can do with it down the road. And that's like what led to misuse of data and that led to this whole directive being started. And like what we saw very, very early on, since we 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 are in touch with the users and we touch with very sensitive data, right? Like your health data, your blood glucose management and like your, uh, your personal, uh, like personal habits, it's extremely private information. So we found that we got um, very bad results when we just tried to tell people, okay, sure, like we get, uh, they give us, give us uh, all your data and then we figure it out, right? And we got very good results when we said like, hey, we need this, this, and this data sets, like even the, the even if it's very, uh, very um, specific, right? If we say we need your blood, access to your blood glucose, we would need access to your uh, location, and we would need access uh, to your uh, heart rate, right? Which is the most personal I can think of. Um, and you can can uh, say no, right? You don't need to give us your data. But if you want an analysis around your hypoglycemic events uh, and like how exercise affects it, then we need this data, right? So uh, I think we've been like very well advised to from the beginning onwards, we'll be very transparent and say like, we, we use this data for this specific uh, specific intent. Um, and if you don't want it, that's fine. But then like the level of what the service can offer uh, is reduced. So I think that was that was very interesting and very 
I mean, I think I can't remember a clearer user research result than that. Then we saw like, would we, when you're intransparent with users, um, you, they distrust you a lot. And if you're very upfront, very transparent and very honest, uh, then you usually uh, get to get very good results. Yeah, and I think that's another way that you guys are being very innovative is in that transparency and in that clarifying pro process. And it's, I think that piece, my personal opinion is that piece is what makes it so user friendly is because you know exactly where this and why this information is necessary and then what it allows them to understand. So that's yeah. very, yeah, that's a, that's a game changer right there. And um, so, now, okay, now let's put this into, let's put this into the world, into real time. <laughs> 2020 came and talk about a health crisis, talk about stress levels going up. There's so many ways that this, that I'm sure the pandemic has impacted, you know, healthcare in as an industry as a whole, and then just more specifically chronic illness management. So how did the pandemic impact your work and what did you kind of see come out from that? Um, so I think there's like two pillars. There's like one, the industry, and the other one is uh, us as a company. So for us as a mm -hmm. company, um, since we're a very international company, uh, with the large engineering team, basically it accelerated the whole new work topic. So on that side, we became basically a remote company almost overnight. So we still have an office and still sometimes people go there, but uh, some people I haven't seen for like a year and a half. So I think that like we really changed the way uh, we worked um, in like sort of the, the, the new age and that like really helped us, helped us uh, a lot as a company so we really made this uh, made this crisis uh, a strength to organize us and on the other side what we saw um i mean it's in the in the in the news and in the papers a lot and i don't expect it to stop like the crisis really showed um what's broken uh, like or parts of what's broken in the in the healthcare system so how like care gets interrupted if you can't go somewhere right it's like something that I mean, like from from a point of view in the digital first doesn't make sense, right? It's something that's like extremely important that you continue therapy, but just because mm -hmm. you can't physically leave the house, uh, that shouldn't uh, make it stop, right? Like by 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 any means. So I think like that uh, that generally like the spotlight uh, of the way the therapy works and it's um, and it's the room to improve, let's say, um, got a lot of uh, a lot of exposure. So we got a lot of uh, tailwind. Um, in, 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 into what we do because like chronic, uh, chronic management systems are on the rise. Like people from a population point of view, it's becoming more and more accepted. Um, like telemedicine got more, uh, more, more accepted. Uh, the idea to like the people had, were confronted to like, no, you have to do it with your fault, right? I know that you don't want it and you might not believe in it, but now this is your only choice. Mm -hmm. And then people tried it and said like, oh, this is actually actually quite nice so i think we got a lot of a uh, lot of um lot of uh, tailwind and i think what was surprising to us that we got a lot of requests from the age group that uh, stereotypically doesn't adopt right so it's like from the people uh, like users 60 plus that like are like said that they don't use uh, digital solutions that much we actually got a lot, lots of users that discover like empower users that discovered the digital uh, digital applications and like now are like very 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 engaged so i think that like the whole um for us as a, as a company on the good side basically the whole uh, setup changed and so all projectile so i think that that's going to accelerate uh, the developments of the future 
For sure. And then speaking of the developments of the future, it sets me up perfectly for my last question <laughs> for you, Sebastian, which is, okay, so where do you see the industry, you know, chronic management uh, software headed in 10 to 15 years? And then how do you foresee Expert beating it? That's a very good question. So uh, it's always in healthcare, it's difficult to, to, to argue with timelines, uh, what's really realistic, because uh, things are a tad slower than in uh, other areas. But I think that like, w w if we extrapolate the developments that are going on right now, I think there will be uh, much better tools for uh, HCPs, for doctors to deal with the data. So I think that, the, that uh, number one, um, data flow will work. If you think about 10, 15 years, I, I will really, really hope that the like, data flow and data analysis will seamlessly flow uh, without any issues. Um, what I would see is that like companies like ours playing a role in it that we would enable the HCP, the doctor. So the doctor, instead of having to scramble with uh, reading out uh, CGM data and at the same time asking the the, the patient for the um, for the diary, let's say the doctor would show up, uh, every, or like the person would show up at the doctor, or this would run electronically. Um, they would look at the data together, and there will be like a pre-patterns, uh, something we're working on, right? They say like, please have a look like all like highlighted areas uh, of attention, A, B, and C, right? Have a look at that. And like, so I think that in 15 years, like the, the, the smartness of the use time of the doctor would be improved, right? Because it's a bit pointless that people are so highly qualified, but in the end they ask you, okay, so how much did you walk uh, last week, right? This doesn't make sense. Right. So I would think that we would get, uh, get rid of that. And then I think from the user point of view, uh, I think that maybe that might be the most, uh, most uh, most uh, cheerful um, and optimistic outlook because I think that the the whole um, individualization and digitalization and uh, UX will reach healthcare. So you will have programs that are just fun to use and very straightforward and we're working on that, right? So if you imagine it, like I think in a sense it's it's there's no very good comparison, but I always think about it as, a, as Uber, like about Uber and ordering taxis, right? Like ordering taxis was such a hassle and nobody wanted to do it. And now it's just like Uber, Lyft, like it's like or all the others. Yeah, now it's very easy. You just like look it up and you push a button. And that's sort of how I would hope that the healthcare industry would move towards the user interface that like the person, it's not that right now, the therapy is, feels a lot of work and it is right it's not something that's supposed to be fun and joyful but it's also should be something that's very burdensome so what we see is that there's now uh, companies like ours uh, and others that basically put a lot of emphasis of like how make to make this engaging how to make this straightforward how to make it easy to understand and how to make it like easy uh, with little clicks uh, for the best therapy and i think there uh, you, there's very, 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 very uh, much room to improve. Um, and so now I would uh, boldly say that I think in the 10 to 15 years, uh, this will be as uh, as seamless and e as easy as ordering modes of trans transportation. Well, I, for one, am really excited to see that evolution occur. I think it's probably the most self-empowering thing that patients can can really be given is the ability to kind of capture the state of themselves in a way that they can understand it and then present it to their doctor so everyone's on the same page. So I think that that is a huge step for healthcare and everyone involved. So that's great. Um, Sebastian, this has been 
such an awesome conversation. I'm so thankful to have you on. For people who are pumped about the work that you're doing, maybe they want to learn more, where can they best connect with you? Uh, I think maybe like you're happy, always happy to connect. Maybe the easiest is to uh, to connect with me on LinkedIn with a reference on our on our uh, podcast. Yes, let them know that you heard it here. Um, we'll add the links to the website, to your LinkedIn. Everything will be in the show notes. Easy access for people. Definitely should look more into what you guys do. I know you have a blog post on your website, so we'll 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 connect people there too. Um, thank you again so much, Sebastian. It's been so wonderful having this conversation. Clara, thanks so much. It was fantastic and fun. Thank you for listening to the You Should Know This podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing or sending us a quick five-star review. Episodes come out weekly, and we're excited to bring you along as we talk to the companies and individuals who are leading us into the future.